0: get up get out of
1: here and go covering the crew all season long on wtmj it's brewers extra innings now live from american family field here's your
2: host dominic Catronio. all right it is fun to talk about victories and back-to-back victories or how about series victories all right back on track Things are feeling good. I'm Dominic Catronio, along with Jeff Sorello, here on Brewers Extra Innings. We're with you until uh, 7 o'clock or so, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talking text line. If you want to join in on the party here today, or you can tweet me at Dom underscore Catronio. Jeff, uh, there's a lot of ways that the Brewers win games, right? You can Win with a shutout like we saw today. You can win in a slugfest like we've seen. You can win in just a good old-fashioned pitcher's duel. But the win like we saw today where it was always in control, right? Uh, The Brewers, you know, they got out of a bases loaded jam from Hobie Milner, but that was really the only threat today. I I, I like these kind of wins where you can kind of sit back, relax, and enjoy it because it gives everybody a chance to just kind of exhale a little bit and prove, oh, yeah, you know, hey, things are okay. We, We are a good team.
1: Yeah, you just needed the Pirates to come to town. Just an interdivisional uh, team that's up against them, right in the first place. Look, I mean, getting back Wade Miley, right, and it's just kind of a, like you said, textbook game by him. You know, with some good defense and the relief pitching did well, and we had a few timely hits with a few home runs. So I mean, it was just one of those ones. You talk about those games. There's 162 games. There's 60 that you're going to win. There's probably 60 that you're dominantly going to lose, and 42 that are kind of the swing games. And today was one of those 60 games that you should win.
2: And this was a game that you also beat an ace. You beat Mitch Keller, and he didn't pitch that bad. Uh, he obviously wants the pitch pack uh, that he gave to Joey Weimer, and I bet he's begging that it was an actually a walk to Roddy Telez instead of him roping the double that he hit. For the, He wasn't that far off today. He still pitched very, very well, and for the Brewers to do that against a legitimate number one for the Pirates, I think that can be a great building block for this offense moving forward.
1: Yeah, it's always nice. You know you know who you're facing when, when the schedule comes out, right? Pirates coming down, you do your advanced scouting, you know the killer's in the middle, and they know that that's their ace. But you know Wade Miley's one of those guys that he doesn't really care who he's going up against. He doesn't really care who's in the lineup. He just makes his pitches and, and works fast and lets the defense work. And the Brewers obviously have a great defense.
2: And five strong innings. Didn't need much more than that from him. He only threw 77 pitches, which... Uh, I talked about that on Brewers' warm-up today, the fact that, look, he's going to be on a little bit of a throttle here. They're going to make sure they didn't overdo it. He only threw 65 pitches in his first rehab outing, but that was mostly because the double-A opponent he was facing was swinging a lot. They wanted him to throw longer than that, but at this point, they're like, hey, we just had two off days this week. There's another off day next Thursday. The bullpen will be in pretty good shape, and let's make sure you get Miley through this because he gets an extra day off thanks to that off day coming up next Thursday. What did you like most about Wade Miley's performance? Today.
1: I just like it, right? It's sinker cutter and just, just kind of kitchen sink works fast, which is unbelievable when you're, when you're on defense for that guy. And now with the pitch clock, right? When, when we would face a guy like a Wade Miley back in the day, you know, the, the scouting part would be like, slow him down, right? Keep stepping out on him, break up his rhythm. And, and I mean, the pitch clock is great for a guy like Wade Miley, right? The quicker, the better. And right? anytime you can get those hitters, heart rates going fast, you know, it always works the advantage of the pitcher.
2: That's a, I haven't heard anyone mention that yet. That's a good call, Jeff, where it's like, oh, yeah, you, you slow things down, but you can't. You know, The batter only calls time when he's really down to two strikes, right? And for a guy like Wade Miley, I was joking in the, in the uh, press box here with Joe Block, former Brewers radio voice, you just give us a, a Rich Hill versus Wade Miley one of these days, and it could be the fastest game in baseball history. Both of these guys don't need a clock. Just turn it off for that game.
1: That's right, right. And, uh, and like I said, you know, I, I know as an infielder, especially when I played middle of the infield, you know Wade Miley, you know the, the pitch that's coming, so you know where he's going to hit, you anticipate the ball being hit, and you know he's going to be around the strike zone, so it always keeps you on your toe. And usually, like, I remember Greg Maddox, I, I mean, I hit good balls against him, and there'd always be a guy making a great play behind him, because they anticipated where he was going to hit it, he was going to be working fast, he going to throw on strikes, so always great to have a guy like Wade Miley pitching.
2: Or or facing a guy like Mark Burley. I know you faced him uh, toward the end of your career, a guy that was known for working quick, and he could carve you, he could strike you out, he can force you to jam a ball on the ground, and the hitter is suddenly uncomfortable, and that's all the pitcher is looking for. The moment that he gets the hitter uncomfortable, and Wade Miley's certain keeping guys off balance, the cutter, looks especially great today.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the thing about hitting, right, you want to... Change speeds, move locations, you know, get the hitters out of their rhythm. Same goes for pitchers too, right? And uh, like I said, I mean, the pitch clock is an advantage for Wade Miley and guys like Mark Burley. Burley would have been successful in today's game as well, even if the ball's a little bit souped up. But, you know, that pitch clock is one of those scouting reports we used to always try. And if a guy works really fast, let's try and slow him down and break up his rhythm.
2: Looking at the box score right now, Joey Weimer, just one hit but a homer, back-to-back days with a home run for him. Uh, batting average is a metric that some people still look at a lot. It's 215. I get it. OPS is back over 700. That's still below league average. But I mean, I'm looking at slowly a guy getting more and more comfortable in the big leagues. He, remember, he's only had one off day since he arrived in the big leagues. 12 doubles, 10 homers now, 10 stolen bases. The strikeouts are starting to calm down a little bit. The slugging's over 416. I'm not saying these are great numbers, but they're very good numbers for a rookie who's really coming into his own. And a Joey Weimer heating up at the bottom of this order, that's nothing but good news for the Brewers, in my opinion.
1: Well, today's stats, it's just sometimes it's a little bit misleading, right? You can, you can see if there's improvement and you can quantify it, right? You can look at his chase rate. You can look at how he's handling a break them all, especially from the right-hander. You know, Joey Weimer was kind of forced into everyday duty based on on Mitchell being hurt, right? I mean, there'd be days where, if, you know, a couple days, Let's all right, let's sit Weimer down. Let's give him a couple days' mental blow. Let him watch the game a little bit from the sidelines, You know, work on some breaking balls. But he was forced into do, like you said. he's only had one game off based on the fact that he plays a gold glove elite defense out there. So even when he doesn't get hits, he's still preventing hits. And for me, it looks like he's starting to recognize breaking ball and get more comfortable with right-handed sliders.
2: Right now, as you look at a, a stretch for him, over his last 18 games, he is hitting two seventy nine. This is a, a 69 plate appearance sample here. So roughly 70 plate appearances. He's hitting two seventy nine with a nine sixty nine OPS over his last 70 plate appearances. Now, there's a hitting streak in there. There's a lot of homers in there. There's a lot fewer strikeouts in there than had been previously in his last 100 or so plate appearances, which I think is a great sign. No strikeouts today, including the home run. And... Development happens at different times for everybody. We've talked about it uh, when Bryce Terang was sent down that he will be back. Joey Weimer having to continue to perform, as you said, because he's giving gold glove caliber defense in center field. And we may be seeing, there's not going to be like an aha moment for Joey Weimer, but we may be seeing the slow churn of like, okay, you get a little bit better here, and then you get a little bit better here, and you learn to work on this, and this is how you become successful in the big leagues. When you're having an opportunity and you're learning from those opportunities, you can only go up.
1: I think that, that, that you'll always see some sometimes an erratic play with him, right, just based on this energy that he presents at the plate, And sometimes he's in control, and sometimes he's out of control. So I think that what you'll see going forward is, is a guy that you could you know, conceivably see like a 30-30 type role with um, with maybe a low, like a mid-250 batting average, but with gold glove defense.
2: Yeah, he's going to be a key cog moving forward, not just because it was mullet day here at the ballpark. Everybody was getting free haircuts into mullets, Joey Weimer style. Uh, can't wait to hear his thoughts about that today. So that was uh, a lot of fun to see this rocking crowd Getting into it here at American Family Field. 37,000 plus and a tidy one. Two hours and 14 minutes long. We're going to talk. A little bit more about the pitching. Wade and the bullpen getting the 7th shutout of the season today. That's certainly some good news. A couple of texts uh, that have rolled in here as well. 855- 616-1620. Again, 855-616- 1620. This one from Josh. We'll address this coming up. The pitching of the first two games of this series has been solid. It's going four or five runs with great defense. It's a recipe for success. Uh, we'll talk about Jesse Winker and his bat. Get going in him back in the lineup today. One. To Remind you, though, that Brewers Extra Innings is brought to you thanks to Fifth Third Bank with a local Milwaukee team. Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities. That's going to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value. Only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. More with Jeff and your texts and calls. Stay with us. Brewers Extra Innings. a victory, and it's a shutout victory for the Brewers. They defeat the Pirates by a 5-0 final. I'm Dominic Catronio with Jeff Cirillo still here on Brewers Extra Innings. 855-616-1620. Aaron Thomas in Illinois. Welcome back, Wade. Can't say enough about the pen. Nice to see Strezlecki getting back into form. Need that in a big way. Uh, Let's talk about the pitching a little bit more here. Uh, First and foremost, Craig Council has talked about it this week that Wade Miley coming back a little sooner than people anticipated maybe because he was symptom-free sooner than they expected. And that's certainly great news for him. And I was a little worried on that sprint to first base when they were trying to get uh, the runner there and turned out to not be an issue at all. But for him to get through five shutout innings not had the velo there as well he was sitting 90 to 92 miles an hour today which was certainly encouraging i i really think that maybe being 36 years old taking a month-long break isn't the worst thing in the world for a veteran like wade may wade miley uh,
1: wade miley's has always been a great athlete so and, and and no matter how how old he is 36 years old being you know he's one of those guys that that he could you know they always say that guy go hurt like paul Molitor, he's like he could fall out out of bed and hit you know wade miley could fall out of bed and throw strikes right and he'll be able to throw strikes to his last pitch in the major league so 60 pitches today he could have gone longer you know that was probably the the key getting through five innings for him you know it's one of those ones i mean the the brewers need starting pitching and they need pitching and so it's got to be a shot in the arm for them to not only see him do well but then follow it up with peralta and kind of get the the horses back into the starting rotation
2: and nothing really was hit that hard against Wade today as well. He had the great defensive play uh, in right field by Ramel Tapia earlier in this one. That was a, a slick play. Uh, and you had the double from Brian Reynolds, but that was it. Nobody touched third base against Wade Miley today. And those two, uh, three plate appearances in the first inning were the only ones with a runner in scoring position for the Pirates. I mean... Uh, I texted you saying, short, sweet, and simple. I mean, Wade Miley just never really had to sweat in today's game. And aside from Hobie Milner, no one really sweat today for the Brewers pitching staff.
1: No, Pagaro had a great inning. You know, I watched him last night. It was a little bit shaky. Last couple outings, I figured with the Twins, you know, and sometimes he can be a little bit erratic with his command. but, um, But today he was lights out and McGill in the back there showing his stuff, you know, he's another guy that has just a tremendous arm and guys like that will always get opportunities, you know, and it seems like the Brewers have had good fortune in turning some of these guys um, that might have been a little bit rough and given up on by other organizations and they turn them around.
2: And that actually is the subject of a text here, 855 616 This is from Mike in Sheboygan Falls. Great shutout win today. Wade Miley's gritty performance to help navigate the first inning was critical. What are your thoughts on where Trevor McGill best fits into the bullpen rotation? Clearly Williams is the lights-out closer, but McGill brings the Brew Crew closer-type stuff. When it comes to McGill, I, I, I mean... I don't want to label a guy just because he throws 100 that he has closer type stuff. And Craig Council would say the same. We just want outgetters, and he is most certainly an outgetter getter the thing that causes me for pause to add in the eighth or ninth inning more consistently is sometimes the command can leave him and we've seen that from mcgill if you're walking guys in a bullpen in in any bullpen doesn't matter what level you're going to make things extremely difficult on yourself but uh, a seventh inning an eighth inning role may may or may not be that far out of his future if he continues to throw strikes the way he did today
1: I just remember a really good manager once told me, he's like, Jeff, you know, it doesn't matter what the what the, what the game is and, and who those guys are down there. When you win the game, when you're winning the game, you pitch your winning pitching. When you're losing, you pitch your losing pitching. You know, Miguel's got to be one of those ones where he's trusted to where, I mean, you got to look at the, the back of the baseball card a little bit here, right? He's got a career 5-6 ERA, um, tremendous arm, uh, walks probably about 3.5 per nine. So in the back end of those, like usually in the eighth and the ninth inning, you're looking for those guys that are very stingy with runners on base and obviously have – Tremendous strikeout rates, kind of in the two range to like a 10 to 11 strikeout um,
2: per nine. And Devin Williams is certainly one of those guys. And and I don't think this text or is trying to say, replace Devin Williams, which he's not. But the point is, with the way things work, we haven't seen a guy like McGill in the Brewers' bullpen that can hit triple digits with a fastball. Uh, there's another guy in their organization who's now in AAA, Abner Uribe, who's already on the 40-man roster. He could be a candidate at some point later this season to help join this bullpen. You got bowling ball sinkers from Elvis Peguero the Brewers made a concerted effort, Matt Arnold and company, saying, we want guys that throw some velo. And you look at McGill, who was acquired in a player-to-be-named trade for the Twins, and you look at Piguero who was in the Hunter-Renfro deal. There's two examples of guys who throw gas, and then Yoel piamps developing his four-seamer that's touched 98 miles an hour this year. This is a theme right now for the Brewers' bullpen.
1: Uh, it's a different animal right there in the bullpens in the major leagues these days. You know, I remember going to see the Twins late last year, and I think they had three guys that touched 100 Miles an hour, where you know back in the day, you know you might see one guy that can touch 100 miles an hour. Today, and I don't think that the velocity is going down. I think that for the most part, going forward, you're going to see these bullpens just stacked with arms that throw a lot, a lot of velocity because a lot of velocity, you know, there's ways to miss. You know, there's a lot of ways to miss. You can miss in the zone, and it's very hard to hit 100 miles an hour.
2: So, looking at the pitching right now, turning a corner when it comes to the bullpen question, what happens now that Wade Miley's back? Adrian Hauser is bound for the bullpen now. So that's one less guy in the rotation. Maybe trying to get a little more oomph out of Hauser in the pen. Maybe his velo will tick back up. But Colin Ray is going to stay in the rotation. What are your initial reactions to that? Colin Ray, in my opinion, has given the Brewers a chance to win in virtually every game he's started. I'm not saying it's been perfect or it's been lights out, but he has given the Brewers a chance to win. You need a 4-5 and that you can feel comfortable and confident enough saying, you know what? We got a shot it's not the end of the world if this guy is pitching on the mound and he's pitched very very well
1: well colin ray you got to look at the splits right when you look at starting pitching you got to look at the splits because these lineups today they're all built um for uh setting up right left right uh situation or split splitting time platoon type roles so you look at ray you got to look at his splits so where the lineup where you look at a manager across you look at Shelton for the pirates he can't just stack his lineups with left-handers right against Ray so that's why Hauser's probably in the bullpen but it's always nice to have a nice luxury like we've talked about many times right it takes a lot of pitchers to get through a major league season especially a bad starting rotation and it's nice to have Hauser you know hopefully his velocity he takes up a little bit but they have him in that in that long relief role with the ability to come in as a starter in case someone gets hurt again
2: and, and then finally Strezlecki uh he needed an outing like today and Peter Strzelecki is the type of competitor that he doesn't care what inning he's in. Uh, you, you talk to a lot of guys, you say, oh, I want the 8th or I want the ninth. give me the, the big tense moment. Pete's the kind of guy that will do what his team asks him to do. And I, Yes, he pitched in the 6th inning, but as Craig Council likes to say, he's the closer for the starter, that first guy out. Mind you, Strazlecki had the top of the order when the game was still it was only four nothing at that time. I thought that was a, a good spot for him to land and to give him a little bit of a boost of confidence to get back on track today.
1: I would agree. I mean, this guy's been used a lot and I think that, you know, sometimes you go through little lulls in the season. And look, for a reliever, I mean You know, like look at Williams, right? I mean, he's lights out, and then all of a sudden his his ERA kind of jumps a little bit just based on giving up three runs in one outing. So sometimes you got to have it with a grain of salt when you look at the relievers as far as their ERAs go. You got to look at the stuff coming out. And kind of look at what what the league's hitting against them, and their walks and strikeouts. And sometimes I think that's just lucky. Like sometimes you got to take a blow, right? I mean, if you know, Ed Yelich isn't hitting, sometimes you move down to fifth in the lineup, and then when he starts swinging again. You kind of bring him out to the his number one role or number three role. So sometimes just taking a little bit of pressure off a guy and put him in a little different, maybe a, a less strenuous role, will bounce him back.
2: 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. Talk about a potential sweep, talk a little offense, get you ready for the series finale tomorrow with Jeff. Stay with us. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Win is a win is a win. The Brewers are two games over 500. It's 36 and 36-34 now. Pirates fall below 5,34 34 34-35. The Pirates at one point, they were 20-9. and nine. And thus, they are now twelve games under five hundred since being twenty and nine. The Brewers feeling a little bit better about themselves, thirty six and thirty four. I'm Dominic Catronio. Jeff Cirillo is still with us. Uh, it wasn't a lights out offensive performance, but it was enough. Six hits from six different players. Also drew three walks. It struck out a lot against Mitch Keller, which you kind of expected that going in. He had seven K's, but. Just enough, you had the clutch double from Telez, you had the homer from Weimer, even a pinch-hit homer from Blake Perkins, and when the Brewers' lineup is as long as it is, I think that's their formula for success, not just relying on one guy.
1: No, I I just think that we've hit the stat before, right? When the Brewers score four runs, they've won every game except for one, I think. I, I think that's the number. Uh, so it's just the pitching defense and and uh, some timely hitting. You know, Caratini's been swinging the bat well. The other thing too about Caratini is I don't know what his stats are when when he when he calls the game, but it sure seems like he's got a nice um, repertoire and nice nice rapport with the, with the pitchers that are going out there.
2: And with Caratini, I mean he's got really good numbers against uh, w- with catching Corbin Burns. He's been catching him a little more frequently as of late, and Caratini just seems to get a knock every single time he's playing, and. To have some length like that in the order from your guy that, you know, is your number two technically in your rotation, or in your catching rotation, I should say, to have some little bit of pop and some on-base percentage, I guess, from your backup catcher, no one's going to say no to that.
1: No, no, no. I mean, Caratini's having a great bounce back season this year, uh, and like you said, you got some length from per- uh, Perkins, and then uh, and then Weimer down at eight. I mean, the eight nine were the ones that kind of ignited this engine today, that got him off to a good start, and then you had Perkins, who's just you know fighting for every at bat. And I heard his interview after the game on TV, just saying that he went down in the minor leagues. And sometimes that sticker shock, right? That first time it gets you, right? You know, it might be facing Dom in the in the in AAA, you know, and then you're facing you know Roger Clemens or or um, or Keller today for the Pirates. Sometimes that sticker shock has to go down. You go down, then you have some good at bats, and uh, and so it was good to see him get a pinch at homer.
2: Life comes at you fast, to say the least. On that number, the four run number, thirty one, or excuse me, now thirty two and six, when the Brewers score at least four runs, thirty two and six seems pretty simple of a formula for the Brewers to keep on winning. Uh, before we bounce off the offense, I don't want to, you know harp too much on this. Jesse Winker had a bad day. It was his first day back, 0-4-4, three strikeouts. I'm not sure if it's best in his interest to continue batting second, but then I was thinking, who do you put second? Owen Miller, perhaps? But I don't know how much longer Jesse Winker is going to be batting second. He's going to be in this order as a DH, but maybe there's just something about that high in the order and move him down like you've moved down Yelich and other guys in the past can get him back on track.
1: I think you're exactly right. Sometimes there's a little pressure, especially when you go on the road, right? And especially now the DH is in play in the National League. You know, it's a five pack pretty much every night when you go on the road, right? You nine at bat, nine nine innings of play. So that fifth at bat comes up, and it's sometimes hard to walk. You know, you think about Pete Rose. There's a walk and a knock. I'll put you in the Hall of Fame. You know, but a walk and a knock, a you know, one for four it doesn't get it done you know, in that two spot, and then when you go over for 4, and it's just, sometimes it it uh, it's a little harder. Sometimes it's it's hard to sleep on an over for 4, but it's even harder to sleep on over for 5s. And I don't know. I mean, putting him in the second hole, they have to have their reasons. You know, I know he draws a lot of pitches, and he, and, he, and he gets a lot of walks, and you gotta look at the back of the baseball card.
2: For Winker, he is, you know, going to be a guy that the Brewers look to very, very seriously here coming down the stretch. And they need some Left-handed pop while Telez hit a double and he hit a rocket today, 112 miles an hour off the bat. He can't be the only lefty power threat in this order. And if Winker can be a legitimate lefty power threat, like we talked about at the beginning of this segment, lengthening the order, whether he's batting second or if he's batting sixth, it coin- it is going to be helpful for the Brewers. And he doesn't really play against lefties anyway, so there's a lot to figure out for him. If he's going to stick around in that top half of the order, they're facing another righty tomorrow. Maybe it changes that. But, but enough about Winkle. We'll have plenty more service, uh, plenty more uh, at bats for him to talk about just back from the injured list today. Let him get a few more plate appearances and another sample size after this stint on the injured list before we make a full opinion. But today was not a great start for him, but I still think there can be uh, a change here by the end of the month for him. Let's get to our difference-making moment of the game, a 5 nothing victory for the Brewers. Jeff, you have the floor. What is your difference-making moment? Yeah. I think it's just
1: Wade Miley coming off the DL. It just gives the, the team a shot in the arm. It lengthens the rotation on the team. You bring a veteran in there, and he just was dominant. Strike one, strike two. Worked fast. It's just efficient. It's great to play behind a guy like that. So I think Wade Miley coming off the DL was my uh, my difference maker.
2: That's a good one. I'm going to go a little bit different here. I'm going to go in the seventh inning. Okay. Brewer's up 4 nothing. A leadoff single from Carlos Santana. And Rodolfo Castro rips a ball to left center field that Joey Weimer tracks now. Now it was a good play, not a great play. But I think the fact that, you know, we talked about this defense, talked a lot of the ball a lot yesterday, but fly balls in the gaps have been outs the last week or so for the Brewers defense. It has been awesome to watch. And not only did Weimer track that ball down, I think Yellich would have been able to get that ball too if Joey wasn't there, if he was shaded a little more toward the, the other gap. Getting that out for the second out of the inning and not allowing a double and maybe a run to score, I, I thought for one it was huge for Strezlecki like in a second inning of work, and for two to remind everybody that there is some serious talent roaming center field here in Milwaukee.
1: Oh, you're exactly right. Yeah, and you know what's a great thing that you bring out. You know, I mean, these players—they're—they're they're not robots, right? I mean, they—they they, they the information and so. You kind of want to spotlight where the, where the team is being successful and like the defensive metrics of saving runs and the outfield being as good as it been. You know, you take pride in that, right? And you want to stay stay at the number one and you kind of keep talking about how good they are and how good they are about saving runs, especially in the outfield. And so it kind of raises everyone's game in that outfield.
2: Lastly here, the Brewers have a chance at a sweep. They have failed their last couple times in going for sweeps. They had a chance to sweep. The Orioles lost on Sunday, had a chance to sweep a four-game series with the Reds, lost on the finale on Sunday in that one. Uh, They lost the first game of a sweep attempt against the Astros, and then they won the next two games. Uh, They did sweep the Kansas City Royals' heel over a weekend about a month ago. My question to you, finally getting over that hump for the first time in a month, what can that do of getting a sweep, and not only that, getting a sweep against a team that you're chasing or were chasing at the start of the week? Well, yeah, you
1: just got to look at trends, right? And, and you got to, you know, it's good. Who hot, who's hot? Who's not? And sometimes you run into a buzzsaw, like with the Oakland A's, right? I mean, they ran into a little bit of a buzzsaw. So, I mean, for me, I, I think it's, they always say it's hard to sweep a team, but I think that the Brewers, I think the Pirates were the perfect recipe to come to town for them to play just based on the fact that, you know, they're a division leader and you just kind of flip the script. It's not like, not putting anything against the Royals or, or, you know, another team that might not be playing as well this season. But sometimes it just to get a little infused, a little more energy in the stadium when you and the number one, one and two in your division are going at it. So I look for the Brewers to have a good game. I think Peralta is going to come out there. I think that you know, he's an, another excitable guy. And, you know, it's not like they have a five or six game losing streak. You know, he's going to take them out with a winning streak. There's a little bit of a surge. And I think that the pitcher they're, they're facing tomorrow, I mean, they, they have similar stats, but this guy has a lot of, lot of walks per innings pitch so I think that the Brewers are in good position tomorrow
2: very good position Jeff Cirillo appreciate your insight as always my friend and we'll chat about hopefully a sweep tomorrow afternoon all right have a good night see you All right. The Annex Wealth Management Difference Making Moment of the Game is brought to you by Annex Wealth Management. They're different, not driven by commission sales or pushing financial products you may not actually need, but for elite comprehensive financial planning, customized to who you are and what you need, contact Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference at annexwealth.com. Take a break. Come back with more on Brewers Extra Innings.
0: Brewers Extra Innings.
2: Get the victory, five nothing. They've claimed the series against the Pirates in what was billed as an NL Central showdown. I'm Dominic Catronio. Brewers, they're getting some really good performances out of Blake Perkins the last couple of days. He hit went two for three yesterday, two run single. Today he adds a pinch hit home run. He also had a chance to catch up with Jeff Levering after the game on the network post game show. Take a listen. Well,
0: uh, try just keep it simple. Uh, you know get a good pitch to hit put a good swing on it uh like you said coming into the game late uh obviously you're not as warm as as you normally would be but you just try and get up there and compete and do the best you can
3: for a guy that uh, was swinging the bat so well from the right side of the plate down in triple a you come up here and you've had a few at bats from the right side your one home run came from the left side how do you stay consistent from both sides of the plate
0: uh it's just kind of focusing on putting in the the same amount of work uh every day in the cage uh before games and uh, keeping the uh, kind of like mental reps, uh, I think are, are the best way to go too.
3: Well, and yesterday you had a a big hit in the ball game. Of course, you had the the outfield assist in in what could have been a really gnarly inning in the seventh inning too. Uh, I mean this this second stint in the big leagues has been a very good one for you, Blake.
0: Yeah, I, I just uh, I'm happy that I'm able to come in and, and help the the guys here and help the team. Uh, just be the same guy i was in in nashville and it's been been working out good so far
3: has the game slowed down a little bit oh second second time around
0: yeah for sure (laughs) uh just getting the you know the first game jitters just like the first call-up jitters i'd say uh coming back just being more confident myself being more focused on uh playing my game
3: well nice job here tonight uh getting the big home run of the pinch hit spot in the eighth inning good game yesterday
2: and go for the sweep tomorrow it's gravy day tomorrow on father's day let's go all right blake thank you so much for the time. The great stuff from Blake Perkins here on WTMJ. He's an easy pick for Who's Hot. It's brought to you by Cider Heating, Plumbing and Electrical. Trust in your family's comfort at home this summer with Cider. Don't wait until it's too late for your AC preventative maintenance. Schedule your appointment today at Cider S-E-I-D-E-R dot com. Cider Heating Plumbing and Electrical. Families helping families since 1912. Just going down the box score here, real quick uh, Christian Yelich, one for three, a walk, a strikeout, and a run scored. His batting average still sitting at 266, leading the team in hitting. Jesse Winker, as we mentioned, 0 for four, three Ks. Willie had a base hit and a walk today. No strikeouts for Willie going one for three. We mentioned Rowdy's big two run double. You'll hear that in the highlights coming up. In just a little bit, Victor Caratini, a single, Joey Weimer, a home run on mullet day here at the ballpark. Also, no strikeouts for Joey Weimer on a day that the Brewers struck out 11 times. So certainly, good news for him, good stuff happening for the Brew Crew offense, as they did just enough, just six hits is all they needed to get the job done against the Pirates today. Quick look around, Major League Baseball, a lot of day games happening today, in fact, just... Two night games, they're all out west. The Giants and Dodgers will play at eight ten Central Time. The Guardians and Diamondbacks will play at nine ten Central Time. A couple of games and extras right now. The Phillies and the A's, it's 3-2 Philly in the top of the 12th inning. That game has been a pitcher's duel and then some. They have each exchanged a run in the 11th inning and now another run for the Phillies in the 12th inning. James Kaprilian went five and a third of one-run ball. Uh, and it was a, a group effort for the Phillies. Christopher Sanchez, a journeyman, barely has pitched in the big leagues, went four strong innings for the Phillies in that one. Elsewhere, uh, impacting the central division, the Cardinals got back on track with a victory today. I shouldn't even say back on track, but they got a win, five to three over the Mets. The Reds, yes, the Reds are above five hundred now. They are the team in second place. They beat the Astros ten to three. They have been a completely different team since Ellie De La Cruz arrived. And the Cubs uh, held on to defeat the Orioles three to two down at Wrigley. So a quick peek around the scores here in the NL Central. Brewers get the victory, 5 nothing. I'm not going to lie, I've got one eye on the U.S. Open and one eye on my uh, scripts and my, my uh, scorebook here. The U.S. Open is going to be crazy. Uh, I'm glad that it's on the West Coast so I can watch it after uh, tomorrow's game. But nonetheless, uh, go Ricky Fowler, go. But the Brewers get the victory. And looking at the reaction on Twitter today and looking at some folks that have tweeted me and texted me, just remember, as frustrating, and I know my job is to talk about every single game like every single game matters. Not every single game matters, but it doesn't, right? When you lose a playoff spot by one game a year ago, you can easily make the argument why every game matters. But yet, we've seen 2018 when the Brews got ridiculously hot in September and things worked out, why every game doesn't matter. The games at the end matter the most. you know. So as long as you hang around long enough... As long as you're right around this mark, a few games, you would obviously like a little more cushion and start to go out and take it and start running away with the central if you can as you get healthier and healthier, which I think is great news right now for the Brewers that Miley is back. Woodruff is on his way back in a month's time or so. Freddie Peralta, if he can pitch a little bit better tomorrow, that would be an encouraging sight for the Brewers pitching staff. And Colin Ray is going to stick around in your rotation. There's a lot of good Bubbling right now for the Brewers. So, if you want to abandon ship in June, don't ask for a lifeboat when you're trying to get back on board in late August and September when things are going to be really fun. Because I think this is going to be very fun. I don't see this team sailing at the deadline unless something really drastic happens between now and the next month and a half until that deadline. But this team is good enough to make it to the postseason. Now, are they good enough to win a playoff series at this point? That's the question that Matt Arnold and Craig Council have to answer. What are they willing to give up for one year of a playoff run? And if they're healthy enough to do it with a guy like Brandon Woodruff on the way back, you don't know what you're going to get. Today was a great encouraging sign from what they got out of Wade Miley to make sure that, okay, we'll be all right. Seeing this guy as encouraging as it was you know you worry about a lot, and he just spoke with the reporters down in the clubhouse. you know you worry about a weird injury like that, but he wasn't concerned about how fast he came back because he wasn't feeling the the injury anymore. He felt healthy, so they were throwing some really aggressive bullpens and he gave kudos to the training staff saying, "I mean, they let me go after it, and I went after it and came out of it unscathed so that's when we knew things were going to be okay and to see him pitch the way he did today was. Really good for Wade Miley, the guy we saw in April. And it's amazing that the Brewers' maybe two most consistent arms this year have been the veterans, Wade Miley and Julio Tehran. And if Corbin Burns can put together another gem this week against the Diamondbacks, then you're going to start a lot feeling a lot better about him after getting things going in the right direction as of late. And furthermore, that's why you really want to get Freddy Peralta back on track tomorrow against these Pirates. And he's a guy that we all know oozes with talent, oozes with velocity and charisma, and really has some serious, serious potential as a starter in the game. I think Brewers fans just ask so much out of him because they know he can deliver it. We've seen it in 2021. And I think tomorrow can be a really important turning point for Freddy Peralta In his season and what 2023 is going to look like for Freddie and what the second half of the season could look like for him. That's just my two cents. Let me get off my soapbox now real quick. Uh, Today was Indiana Jones bobblehead day, by the way. Uh, Really, really fun. Craig Council mock-up in an Indiana Jones outfit. Uh, we're going to hear from Craig Council's comments on the game, but he opens things up here, joking about how fun the uh, bobblehead was and seeing it uh, his likeness in, in this fashion. So here's what Craig Council had to say about the bobblehead and the game itself.
4: <laughs> Can't do it. Can't do it. Not approved. Oh. Not approved. Not approved. Sponsors. <laughs> We it's well. It's well done. It's well done. You <laughs> know you have like three cases of those at home. I have not. I, I haven't seen one yet, actually. What do you What's think of it? I, I, I t- like two weeks ago was the first time I heard about it. <laughs>
0: How, how impressive is it for Miley to, to just come straight back and pitch the way he did today?
4: Yeah, I mean, it's funny. He, he's been feeling so good. We talked about it earlier, but he's he really has. He's been feeling, you know, as good as he's felt all season for like the last two weeks. So, um, you know, I think I was – you know, we were talking about his rehab thing. Does he need one? And I was I was really convinced that he wasn't going to need more than one just because of how good he's been feeling. Um, so it, it showed today. Um, you know, I thought he maybe a little amped up in the first inning. Um, and then he really settled in, probably kind of get get a little bit of energy out of him, and he settled in and pitched really, really well. The, the rotation overall has pitched well without him, you know, with the guy stepping up. But what does it do to just get him back and how well he was? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's the important thing. We've just gotten such quality from Wade, um, and that's that's important. That, you know, that quality that's leaving the game, you know, every single time, every start, leaving the game in the lead or really in the game. Um, and that's that's what's been um, you know consistent. And that consistency is going to get you a lot of W's. You're starting to see more comfortability from
3: Leimer, kind of as this month goes on at the plate.
4: Uh, I mean, he just went through a tough little stretch. Honestly, I mean, he came out of it on the homestand, but it's it's he went through a tough little stretch. But you know, again, the the, the impact that he makes on the defensive side um, has just been so consistent um, that um, you know you, you it just it just frankly makes it easier to ride out the stretches where he's maybe struggling a little bit offensively. Uh, he's just been so good defensively. So, um, I mean, I think. You know, over this kind of big sample of the last month, um, he, he's definitely, um, you know, he's driving the baseball, which he's very capable of. Uh, the opposite field homers have started to come, which is, um, you know, a great sign for any hitter. Uh, so he's, he's putting together a, a really nice, nice first season in the big leagues. you feel like he's achieving a little bit of cult hero status, too? With the uh... Well, the, I mean, I think... I think we expected that <laughs> I mean really he's such a unique player um, and, and he's such a unique personality and unique, unique athlete fr- frankly um, that really the, I mean, I, I, the first time we saw him in spring training um, you know with us significantly last year um, that, that you knew he was going to be a, um, a player that you wanted to watch fun to watch
3: spot for peter get him like
4: extended. yeah i th- I, th- I mean he, we got peter a little rest um which for any reliever uh it's it's always great to like get him up so we had he had five days off um and i think that's great for any of these guys and so i, I love it when we can get somebody a rest i just think it during the long season um having more than just more than two days off um you know you never it's not really planned but it just it does game sequence like that so it's it's good to to refresh him and um he threw the ball well today
2: it was great refreshment opportunity for peter szlucky i to see him succeed i don't care if he's pitching in the 8th inning you're never a bullpen is as strong as its last pitcher right you're only as good as your last win you're that kind of thing so if if you say oh he shouldn't pitch the 8th inning But if he's not succeeding in the sixth inning, then it's like, well, you need him to pitch. Or vice versa, it's like, just because a guy struggles maybe in the eighth inning doesn't mean he can't handle the sixth or seventh inning, and that's what the Brewers are going to do. We've been saying this since spring training. The Brewers aren't going to have your traditional defined inning roles this season, aside from Devin Williams. And they're back in flux again trying to figure out what they want moving forward for this uh, bullpen as they try to win some more games so they're 36 and 34 now 70 games into the season man it is flying by it is crazy how fast this season has gone they're going to go for a sweep tomorrow but up next we're going to listen to some highlights and relive this victory right here on brewers extra inning ready for this get up this get up and this get up! Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. The Brewers and the Pirates, game two of a three game series, and a good one on the mound. Wade Miley against Mitch Keller. Wade Miley ran into a little bit of a speed bump coming out of the gates. He allowed two men on, had a 3 2 count against everybody in the inning. But he got through the frame with a zero in the run column. The Brewers offense wouldn't begin until the third inning. That's when their first hit would come. Victor Caratini starting off the frame with a two-strike single against Mitch Keller. The next batter was Joey Weimer. On the day, they're giving away free mullet haircuts out in the outfield. Joey Weimer gave him something to care about. Here's a drive
3: towards right. Back at the track, and it is gone. A home run for Joey Weimer. His second in as many days, it's 2-0
2: Brewers. Jeff Levering's call right here, his 10th home run of the season. He joins a very short list of Brewers rookies who have been able to have 10 homers and 10 stolen bases in the same season. More on that a little bit later on in the program. However, the Brewers still just a 2-0 lead. Got to make sure they keep that intact for Wade Miley. He was steamrolling through the third and fourth innings after having that tough first. Then had a two or a one-out walk to Mark Mathias in the fifth, facing the bottom of the order in Austin Hedges. And for the second straight night, a Brewer starter getting some help from his defense. The 0-1. Ground ball to third. It's a fair
3: ball. Glocked by Anderson. Goes to second one. on the first double play. 5-4-3. They go around the horn, and Miley is out of the fifth. Welcome
2: back to the rotation. Five scoreless from Wade Miley. Great stuff, and a very difficult double play to turn for the Brew Crew. So they're still only leading 2-0. They're trying to add on some more. So in the bottom half of that fifth inning, they got things done. Weimer would fly out to deep center field, nearly hitting his second homer of the game. But then Christian Yelich would draw a walk. Winker would strike out, so it would have to be a two-out rally. Adamas managed a two-strike single in the left, but runners on first and second for Rowdy Tellez. Rowdy thought he walked twice, On a 3-0 pitch and on a 3-1 pitch, but instead he battled, and on the eighth pitch of the at-bat, got the best of Keller. 3-2 again. Line drive right center field. It is
3: down and all the way to the wall. That'll get two in as Telez is on his way to second. The Brewers
2: double their lead. It's 4-0. And how about for good measure, off the bench, Blake Perkins delivering some RBIs.
3: 1-1 delivery. Line to left and deep.
2: There's Bob Uecker's call. That made it 5-0 Brewers in the eighth. And for good measure, Trevor McGill came in. Yes, he allowed a first batter uh, single to Carlos Santana. Then he slammed the door shut. A strikeout to Cabrian Hayes. A strikeout to Rodolfo Castro. Jiwon Bay, the last man standing.
3: He is running And delivers. Hey, struck him out looking with a breaking ball.
2: Brewers win it by a final of 5-0. Wade Miley gets the win in his first start back from the injured list. We'll preview this series finale and what a sweep could mean for the Brewers. That's up next. Stay with us, (laughs) WTMJ. to take that as a cue. Uh, so we're back on Brewers Extra Innings. I'm Dominic Catronio getting ready to wrap up the program. The Brewers going for a sweep tomorrow. And we talked about it with Jeff that, you know, this team is, hasn't been able to complete a sweep since that Royals series. And let's be honest, they were supposed to sweep that series. And they hadn't had another sweep since that Seattle Mariners sweep they had uh, back in April, and then they had swept the Mets here at home. So getting a sweep tomorrow against the team that you're trying to remind who still runs the Central this season would be very, very encouraging. But I think there's more to it, right? Generating momentum in a spot in the schedule, you need to maintain some momentum. Diamondbacks come to town Monday through Wednesday. Then you go to Cleveland. They can pitch, but they can't really hit. That's a series you can win on the road. The Mets... Are, are weird. I, I don't know what to make of the Mets. Pete Alonzo will probably be back by then, but that offense doesn't really scare me, and who knows what to make of their starting pitching right now, given they're relying on a lot of guys that are in their senior years in the big leagues. Then you get Pittsburgh again. So you can really set the tone here over this next two-week stretch with sweeping the Pirates, trying to get some series wins, and stacking those up. We've talked about it a lot. No one has taken control of this central division, these two weeks could not only take control of the division, but can kind of send a shot across the bow of like, okay, the Brewers are for real, their pitching is for real, and if they get a little more offensive help or they get a little more production from some guys that they are relying on, they could seriously be somebody to look out for coming up in the second half. So that's just my quick little take about all of that that's coming up. What about tomorrow? Freddy Peralta will get the ball tomorrow, going up against Luis Ortiz. Uh, Ortiz, 1 and 3, a 4.64 ERA. He's only thrown 33 innings uh, in his seven games this year, so really not that much going on for him. Walks are an issue for him. He's allowed 17 walks in those 33 innings. He's also allowed six homers, opponents hitting 3.08 off of him. So the Brewers are going to try to take advantage of him because opponents are also hitting 3.08 off of Luis Ortiz. And for Freddy Peralta, a four seven three ERA is not what we're used to seeing from him. Despite the Brewers, you know, one of their secondary guys that they were really leaning on in the middle portions of this year when Corbin Burns wasn't playing up to snuff and uh Brendan Woodruff going down, then Wade Manley got injured. Opponents are hitting two fifty one off of Freddie, which just a couple of years ago they only hit one sixty five off of him. So Let's see him keep the ball in the yard and keep the contact to a minimum. He's already allowed 13 homers this year. He allowed 14 in all of 2021 in double the innings. So would really like to see him making an effort to keep the ball in the ballpark. He's still getting his strikeout, striking out better than a batter per inning. 75 Ks and 70 in a third innings pitched. But it's about keeping the ball in the park and not giving up so many hits. That's been the thing holding Freddie back. The Brewers have a chance for a sweep, and it could be a whole lot of fun at the ballpark tomorrow. Our coverage will begin at noon. I've got Brewers' warm-up for you right here on WTMJ. Network coverage will take over at 12.35, and then Jeff Cirillo and I are back for postgame, and that will be, uh, hopefully, talking about a sweep. Be back on Monday night as well, talking about the Diamondback series. Tuesday will be Greg Matzik, and then Wednesday, of course, with it being a day game, there will be no show, so... Looking forward to hearing from all of you this coming weekend and enjoying some great Brewer baseball. And if you're at the ballpark here, enjoy it, get loud, and uh, have some fun at the yard. The Brewers have an opportunity. What they will do with it remains to be seen, but let's uh, enjoy some beautiful summertime weather. Summer feels like it has finally arrived, and you know the last weekend before Summerfest... And uh, the next three weekends will be a party in this city. So I'm really looking forward to it. And hopefully the Brewers are going to be a major part of that moving forward. So my thanks to everybody that has tuned in today. My thanks to Jeff Cirillo as well. Again, back on the air tomorrow. We'll be on at noon with Brewers warm-up. I'll have uh, some insights from Craig Council and some other thoughts and and, uh, interest notes on that as well. That's it for us. My name's Dom Catronio. Until next time, keep on swinging.